You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato. And today we have a special guest here with us, uh, Seth Kniep. And uh, Seth has a pretty interesting story here. Uh, he has a team that manages over $100 million worth of annual uh, revenue for a lot of different name brands and, and passive inv- investors um, on the Amazon platform. And uh, he's got a pretty interesting story um, from you know being in a lot of debt to uh, creating financial freedom for him and his family. Um, so we want to learn more about that journey and how he, he got there. Because on this show, we talk all about how to build wealth and how to build multiple income streams. And obviously, one of them being real estate, um, you know, being a major driver of that. So we want to hear Seth's story to kind of where he was and where he is now and where he is moving forward. Uh, so thanks, Seth, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Anthony, thank you so much for having me on. I love that we get to talk about real estate, a little bit of Amazon, because those are two things I love. And were it not for those two opportunities, I would not be sitting here in front of you today. So thank you, man. Sure, absolutely. So tell us about the the, the death by paycheck cycle that you went through. And um, so what happened? What, yeah. What's the story? Absolutely. I worked for the richest company in the world, named after a fruit. I'll let your guests guess. Um, what I'm talking Ooh. about. <laughs> I don't know. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> and Apple's actually, Apple's actually a great company, but my manager made my life miserable. And it goes to show if you have a bad manager, the, the number one reason people leave companies is not because of pay. It's because of the manager. If the manager doesn't do a good job training, investing, helping, collaborating, understanding, then your life can be miserable. And mine was. I was married, had four kids, still have four kids, still married, worked from home, managed a tech support team from home for Apple Care. And the particular manager whom I will not name, uh, that person will remain unnamed because <laughs> I'm not about shaming people, made things extremely difficult for me. And but looking back, Anthony, I thank God because it created a very negative emotion inside me. And I had one of two options. I could let that negative emotion cause me to churn to bad habits, or I could let it fuel me to do something different. And the real breaking point happened when I was blamed by my manager for doing exactly as I was told. And my manager did this in order to cover their butt so they wouldn't get in trouble with HR, even though I did exactly as was expected, did nothing wrong and did it in front of my subordinate in a very condescending way. And after that meeting, I just felt so sick to my stomach. And my wife was in the same room because like I said, I worked from home, so it was over video. I turned to my wife and I said, I'm done. I am building a new life for our family. And that's when I decided I want to become an entrepreneur. That's awesome. So uh, how long ago was that? You said? 2013 was when I first came up with the idea of doubling a dime. That's when it first came into my mind. But when I really reached a breaking point was sometime around that time as well. I started working for Apple in 2011. The idea of a doubling a dime happened in 2013. When I actually left Apple, wasn't until sometime in early 2016, not long before I started Just One Dime as a, as a coaching company. Got it. Okay. So 
So just one dime and doubling a dime are two separate companies? No, it's the same. So, so what happened is one day I'm driving in our broken up minivan and I pick up this dime. I was getting a Starbucks drink or something. And I just started pondering what would it be like to take this dime and double it multiple times? Like how big could I get it? And I was shocked to discover once you get to 20, it's already over a hundred thousand dollars. And I thought, you know, why can't I do that? And wouldn't this give a lot of people hope there have to be other people who are tired of their nine to five, they're stuck in the death by paycheck cycle you talked about. They don't like their manager and they would really like to create margin so that they have time to do the things they love with the people they love. And so that's when I set out and I said, okay, I'm just going to start talking to random people because I need to get over my pride and my ego. I just need to go to talk to people, be willing to be rejected and see if I can convince them to double this time and how far I can take that. And I got all the way to $400 just for asking. Now, if you double a dime evenly, it's not going to end up at exactly 400. So at one point I made an even number for the simplicity and my own sanity. And every night when I got back home, Anthony, there's this little drawer next to me at my desk. I'd open it up, pull out the envelope and I would put my new money in there. Then I go out the next day and got all the way to 400 just for asking. And then I took the 400, used it to purchase cremation urns on DHgate, which is a sourcing website, kind of similar to Alibaba, and began to sell on eBay and Amazon. eBay didn't go well. Amazon took off really fast. It grew, it grew, it grew. Then we started launching brands and it just kept growing. People started asking us to coach them, us as in me and my son who was helping me at the time. And that's where Just When I'm Coaching came from, when we actually started a coaching company. Because I got to a point where I couldn't just meet with people all day. I had no time left for my wife, my kids, my Amazon stores. So that's when I said, okay, we got to create this in a scalable way. And so we said, what if we have a package of videos and training and a community and one-to-ones, and then the best students, we can pay them as coaches after they're making a lot of money. And that's how Just When I'm Coaching was born. God, that is awesome. So um, Seth, you mentioned that you built and scaled uh, one of the Amazon stores for one of the sharks on Shark Tank. Are you able to disclose which one? Or uh... I can tell you which shark it is. I can't tell you the name of the store. Okay. So the shark is Kevin Harrington. He is yeah. one of the first sharks. He was not Kevin O'Leary. People get confused because I interviewed Kevin O'Leary, so they think it's him. <laughs> so it's Kevin Harrington. So his business partner who lives in Canada reached out to me and said, hey, we're really interested in you guys building our store for us. We need help. And so we decided to do it. So to this day, we are scaling their Amazon store for these very unique products that they invented. And what's cool about it is Kevin Harrington has a lot of experience in the brick and mortar retail space. We know the online space. So when you put those two together, it really creates an, an incredible powerhouse. Sure. And Kevin was the as seen on TV guy, right? If I recall. Yes, That's him. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's right. Um, so, so tell us about um, a little bit of more a little bit more about how that works and what uh, segments of the market you guys target. What products do you guys target for the Amazon store? Sure. Obviously, yeah. if I had to guess, it's consumer goods. Um, so wh- what type of consumer goods? Is it all yeah. across the board? Um, yeah. how, many, how many clients do you have that you coach and have been successful? I'm just for my own curiosity. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, totally. So the first product, as I mentioned, was cremation urns. Then I moved to toys. And I'll share this product because we are currently not selling it. You'll notice that Amazon sellers are very protective about the products because as soon as it goes public, everyone else wants to sell the same product. But we started selling what are called cash cannons. It's those guns that shoot money. No one was selling them on Amazon. We were the first to bring it to market. We set up a deal with the supplier. We started sending those in. We got to over 20000 a month just selling those. And those were between 40 and 60% profit margin. 
those like really helped to scale our business. Then we started doing a combination of arbitrage and private label. So my wife, she loves to resell things. So we would go to a store, just to give you an example, we would find a piece of clothing that's selling for really cheap at discounted price. We would buy, let's say, you know, 20 of them. Then we take those and we list them on Facebook marketplaces, Craigslist, eBay, and Amazon. I would come up with this plan where if it sold really well on Amazon and it was generic enough, I could go to China. I would find a supplier and have them create a customized version of that. So now it's my own private label and that would become our next private label product. So we started doing fashion, consumer goods, as you said, toys, some kitchen products, some health, some beauty, some tools, some home improvement, a few uh, car accessory type items. You have to have a certain level of approval to sell certain car items, but with accessories, like when you're sitting in there and I'm trying to avoid saying the products themselves, but um, yeah, basically consumer goods. That's great. And then, oh, and to, sorry, I didn't answer the other part of your question. So yeah, so as far as students, so we started with me, I was coaching a couple of my sisters. They asked for help. Our neighbors down, the, one of our neighbors down the street, she asked for help. Actually, she came over to the house. We'd sit down and I would teach her how to do it. I met this guy at a grocery store. So it started just with people we met or along the way or who or heard what we were doing. And then when it really began to grow is when one night, Josiah, who's my business partner, we just locked ourselves in a coffee shop and we created a plan for how to build a coaching business that scales. And so to this day, we have students in over 150 countries, 27 of whom are millionaires. And those are only ones that we know of, Anthony. There's probably more because not everyone likes to say that publicly. Sure. 27 of them are millionaires. These are people who previously weren't. Now, I'm not going to take all the credit. They did the hard work. They made mistakes along the way. But I'm proud to say our team trained them how to do it. It is hard. It is not easy. But it allowed them to scale into a place where now they no longer have a nine to five boss. That's awesome. Um, so, like I said, when we when I did the intro, we're all about generating more passive income. Is yeah. it really this method? Is it really passive income, or do you consider it more active? Great question. So, technically, with the IRS, and this is what I love about real estate. I know that if you're owning a property and you're renting it out, it's a passive income entity, like legally. An Amazon store is not unless you're an investor. So this is why we build stores for investors. So they will go to us and say, look, I got capital and I don't want to take the time and hassle. So I'd like your team to build these Amazon, this Amazon store for me and I'll receive part of the profit. And so that, that is passive. Now, let me go back to answer your question more specifically for me and the coaches that I work with. At the beginning, it is never passive. It's a ton of work. Once you get to a point where a product starts to take a life on its of its own, and especially when people like the brand, then it becomes more and more automated where you don't have to spend hours every day trying to sell the product sitting there and it's selling. You set up your PPC campaign and all you're doing is going in and taking a few minutes to tweak it and pamper it. But to get to that point, there is a lot of work. So at the beginning, it's not, but towards the end, it becomes passive income like you, you go to sleep, you wake up, you're actually richer than when you went to sleep because more products sold. Got it. Um, so if you're an investor and you have capital and you're looking to basically invest in an adventure, which is an Amazon store, right? Um, right. Is there like specific categories that one can pick, and, you know, to be a part of? And like, because it sounds like you're, you're ma- you know, you have the capacity to manage for them, correct? Correct. Um, Yep. So they don't really have to do too much of the, the legwork, uh, so to speak. So 
I'm just, I'm curious how that process works as well. Yeah, absolutely. So there's no legwork they have to do at all. So it 100% is a passive income investor. So all we, all they do is meet with us and we keep them updated on here's what's going on. Here's the progress so far. We won't launch any product without their green light approval because it's their money we're investing. So we're taking our 50 plus years of combined experience and putting it in, if you combine me and all my team, and we're putting it into this store and they're taking their capital and putting it into the store. And the long-term goal is that we build wealth together. So, but they own the business hundred percent. If they said, Hey, Seth, I want to sell this business. There's a, in the contract, we get 15% of the sale, but they get everything else, but they control the business. When the money comes in through Amazon, it goes into their bank account, not ours. So when we invoice them for our share, they literally have, we have to send them an invoice and they pay that out to us from those sales. And we use a sliding scale so that on every sale, they always will make as much or more than we make on the sale. In other words, if it's not profitable, we don't get anything. If it's like zero to 10%, then we get a little bit of revenue. If it's 10 to 15%, we get a little more. And then we're capped at 15% revenue, but they have to be at a minimum 30% profit margin for us to even get that revenue. And so we set it up so that we have skin in the game. If If we don't, if they don't make money, we don't make money other than on the service fee. But again, those get soaked up fast because we have whole team. We have three different teams who are doing this. Sure. Exactly. And that's, it's similar to um, for those of you listening and understand the multifamily syndications, it's called the waterfall. So there's a profit split and sounds very similar to what you're offering um, your investors and partners as well. So that's very curious how the, how the world kind of different industries commingle together. I think it's Um, fascinating how they intermingle. Yeah. So, so Seth, so let me just make this clear. So you are, you're setting up the marketplace essentially for the investors you're setting right. up and, and then you're controlling the inventory too. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah, we're doing all the work. They don't, the investor doesn't lift a finger. We're doing the whole thing for them. It's like investing in stocks. You don't run the company. You don't control the company. The only difference is you own the company. So it's sure. kind of a cool scenario if they want to exit, you know, five years from now. I mean, they actually have to go through an application process. Just to give you a real quick story, Anthony, is we had one investor. They were willing to invest up to 20 million and we turned them down. One of the hardest decisions I ever made. Sure. Why? Because I knew five years from now, I would not be a happy soul. They would not be, I would not enjoy doing work with this particular company because without getting in details, the way they worked did not align with our values. We were looking for people who have long-term growth. They're not looking for a quick in and exit kind of thing. We want people who want to grow long-term with us. And just to give you an example, how this works. So just today, as we were speaking about before, we closed on our second commercial, actually, okay. Today we closed on two commercial properties. So we're using profits from our coaching company and Amazon sales to purchase properties. Two, our first two commercial properties, Anthony, I'm sure there's a ton you could teach me about this, man. One of them is going to include a coffee shop that is the first story. And the second story is our new Just When I'm Office. Now, here's where it gets oh. crazy. One of our investors has give, been giving me a ton of tips on designing this property. So see how that collaborates? He's yeah. helping us with the design. We're helping to grow his investment. So he makes cash flow. Like it's allowing us to connect with some really amazing, wealthy, intelligent, long-term thinking, world-changing people. And that's where I love how Amazon sellers and real estate, they really do mix. And it brings something that you you can't put a price tag on. 
That's awesome. So when you're talking about your investor network and your partner network, um, who, what type of investors are these? Are these individuals, mostly individuals? Uh, Cause that's primarily who I work with too, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a combination. So some are real. It's funny. Some of them are real estate companies. <laughs> so real estate companies invest in us while we build their Amazon stores. We're also investing in real estate companies to help develop new projects. It's it's kind of like this huge circular effect. Some of the real estate companies, some of them are individuals, some are entrepreneurs with capital. Some are people like, hey, I have this retirement and I don't want to just sit in the bank. Would you guys grow it for me? It's It's a combination. So I would sure. say- 65% of them are individuals. The remaining 35% are actual companies. And out of those companies, some of them are entrepreneurs who run their own company, but they're still doing it as an individual through an LLC, if that makes sense. Sure. No, it definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, so where do you where do you go from here? Do you, you uh, scale more out your educational platform to get your message out and obviously, you know, attract more investors and new clients? How do you how do you scale your business from into 2021? Totally. Yeah, I love this. So if you don't mind in answering the question, I'm going to go back first because it'll help sure. to a- explain this, this question. So once we started making really good money on Amazon, and I'll, when I mean by really good, I mean 20,000 a month, 40 to 60% profit margin that we get to put in our pocket. That was really good to me. Huge. That's yeah. when we started saying, look, we need to look into real estate. One night, my wife and I, we, we like to do these overnight getaways. So we did this in Austin and it turned out that the, the landlord, and for those of you who can't see, I'm doing quotes, <laughs> the landlord was subleasing his condo out on Airbnb. And I'm like, man, that's smart. You don't have to buy the property. What you need is enough to pay the first month of rent and the, um, and then your actual rent payment or your last month, however you look at it, you know, like your cleaning deposit, basically rent times two to get in, furnish it up, sublease it out. Now, I know some people are doing this without a short-term rental license. There's risk in that, obviously. Some people are doing it without landlord's permission. I don't recommend that. We found landlords who are like, wait, this is a great deal. Like their place is going to be beautiful because those reviews on Airbnb motivate us to take care of it. And we're going to make more money than we are spending to lease it. And so at one point, Anthony, we had seven condos we were leasing out here in, in Austin. And my son and I, and sometimes my whole family, would go around and clean them. And we would get in arguments over who had to do the, the toilet first <laughs> or which room they would have to do. So it was, we had from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. was our little window to clean. And that's when we started thinking, wait, we need to hire cleaners. We started using text expander for auto text where you just type in a few letters and boom, it sends the message. And back then there weren't many services for automating short-term rentals. The reason I'm sharing that is we've had a love for real estate from the beginning and we saw the potential. But at that point, I wasn't ready to spend, you know, 250, 300,000 from my Amazon sales on a house. I needed that to buy more inventory. Sometimes you don't right. take home any money because it's all up in inventory because you're trying to scale. You know what I mean? I mean, similar to real estate. Sure. Now we're at a point where we actually have enough cash flow where if we don't do something with the money and put it into real estate, we will pay so much to the government. It's, it's like almost 50%. And right. so we were super fortunate for the same team, Tom Mueller, Wright, Karen Manahan. They do uh, Robert Kiyosaki's taxes. The same team now is working for us. We're paying them to help us. And that's how we've been introduced into real estate the right way. Like really understanding what is, and again, I know you know this way better than I do. 
but like amortization or depreciation or, yep. you know, a, a cost segregation, your property, your yeah. furniture versus your land versus, I see you smiling. You know what I'm talking Personal about. Personal property. Yep. Yep. It's, it's amazing. Like it's a whole other world for us. So to answer your question now that to get with that context, our long-term goal is to invest in commercial real estate and have properties that we can not only lease out, but some we can turn into training centers around the world to train people how to sell on Amazon. So for us, Anthony, it takes Amazon sellers and real estate puts them together. It lowers our tax liability. It provides a value for them and people will pay for us to train them obviously in person. And, sure. and people love that because there's so much fraud that goes on today. The online course with the guru idea is so common. People yeah. want to see you in person. They want to see you. Hey, look at the seller central account. Let's go deep on the PPC. You can't fake that. And so we're, we're tr- we've found a way to put these two together and just one more thought. I believe with, I've had so many people say, Seth, don't do it. Don't buy real estate, COVID, blah, 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 blah. And brother, I am doing the exact opposite. And I <laughs> always did this with Amazon. Every time someone said, oh, you know, this is the right product. I always think, okay, fine. Everyone can go for that product and say, mine, 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 mine. I'm going to go this way and say, wait, there's got to be an opportunity over here. Because if I go with what the masses say, I will never be differentiated. It's always going to be red, bloody water versus the clean blue ocean water where you can sell the ship of your entrepreneurship. Sure. Sure. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's very interesting to see a business owner realize, you know, at the end of the day, once you really get your operation going, you know, not only from, um, it, from the real estate side to shelter the income and yeah. through real estate vehicles, through costs, I'm surprised cost segregations. That's, you know, an advanced topic. Some people in my industry have been in real estate for years. They don't even know what a cost segregation is. So <laughs> give you props for that. Um, and I found that I was looking for a loan officer and I, I mentioned cost segregation and they didn't understand it. And I, I was like, how would he not understand this? He's going to help me invest real estate. He's got to understand this. And I was frustrated. I was all excited because I just learned what it meant. And I was like, hey, we get to talk about something. It took us the longest time, Anthony, to find a loan officer who actually understood investment so we could speak the same language. And they actually knew more. And I'm not saying we know a lot. We're learning but who knew more than we did. So we feel like we're getting value out of that relationship. So sure, I think sure. that's huge, you know? Sure. No. And I think it's great because even a lot of my clients, they have a small business or a medium or even a large size business where they have so much free cash flow coming in. Like you said, your tax bracket gets really high up. Yeah. They really want the cost segregation benefit at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. um, they really want the ongoing depreciation. Obviously, the cash flow is there as well, and obviously the appreciate the forced appreciation. And in in, in, um, in my sense, um, it, it really it really does add up, and really could save. Um, and and you know, both of them um, are, are are great are great investments if, if you want to look at it that way. So um, yeah. no, I really you know, there's more people out there like you um, that are, are open, open-minded to, and I think what you're doing with the training facilities as, as well as a compliment, um, could, could be onto something. Um, Thank you. so, so that's really awesome. Uh, Seth, how can people find you, learn more about you, reach out to you? Sure. How do they Thank do that? Thank you for asking, man. Just tell them to go to anyone listening can go to jod.com, J as in just, O as in one and D as in dime stands for just one dime, jod.com. Uh, we have tons of free resources there. Um, they can read our blog. They can read our story. They can reach out on the contact form if they need specific help. But yeah, just jod.com. 
Awesome. You can't, you can't forget that. So, yeah. um, uh, Seth really want to thank you for coming on the show today. Um, okay. If, for all our listeners here, if you guys don't mind, if you can please give us a iTunes rating and review, we really appreciate it. It helps uh, Seth and myself um, get our message out to more people because that's the way iTunes likes to rank it. So I'll do uh, it too. Appreci- After this episode, I'll do it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, and please reach out to Seth. We'll have a list of Seth's contact information as well as his website and social media platforms in the iTunes description and all of our and on, on all of our social media. Uh, websites as well. So feel free to reach out to him at any time. And again, Seth, thank you for coming on the show today and hope to stay in touch and have you on again next year. Awesome. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you.